recorded live from the dungeon, this is the Dream Warrior Review, and I'm Kurt Thomas. And coming at you live from the hills of Tennessee, straight from his Tennessee Hyundai, I'm Mick Strong. <laughs> Mick Strong. Hey, Kurt, <laughs> Kurt, this is an old friend of mine. Andre? Hey, Andre. Uh, hi. How you doing, Andre? <laughs> I'm doing good, Kurt. How's it going out there? Great. Nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you, brother. Uh, uh, Kurt Kurt has been... I, I've, I've been trying for the last few years to tell uh, as many of the stories about uh, our filmmaking uh, as I can. Ugh. Yeah, well, it's been rough. You, you know, <laughs> we did. We, yeah, <laughs> we had a lot of stories, but you know, the the, the odd thing is, is that that period of time, uh, we didn't know that it was the end of that particular how you would do things. Right. No, I don't think people do when they're in it. You know, you yeah, you just don't know. You just don't know. <laughs> so, Kurt, uh, anything? Anything that we need to... Uh... Yeah, well, let me tell you what I was thinking. You know, I know you guys work together. Hollywood Dog, obviously. The wonderful pilot that I watched. Uh, Critters 2. And then, I don't know if Mick remembers this, but I, I saw on your credit that you actually worked on Freddy's Nightmares. So that might have to come into conversation <laughs> at some point. Oh, yeah. We definitely definitely worked on that together. <laughs> we did Nightmare on Elm Street 3, 4, and 5 together also. Well, we'll see. I need right, to do my research. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so really, I mean, I want to know what you guys think of Hollywood Dog because I, I found it, uh, just to get it out there, I found it kind of painful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think, Andre? You've seen it for the first time in a long time. Well, I actually, you know, I saw it, Mick. Uh, you know, you, you first talked to me about it a couple months ago. I, I gave it a view and... Uh, it was a little cringeworthy, and then I watched it again today, knowing that we were going to talk about it, and the cringing just went <laughs> yeah. <go> away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was so cringeworthy. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking, but uh, it's, uh, you know, it was it was thirty years ago, man. <laughs> that was like I don't know if that. I, I I don't know if that's a good excuse. <laughs> Isn't that the excuse that Bill Cosby had? Yeah, yeah right, 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 right. <laughs> hey, listen, it was, it was just a job to us. You know, uh, we didn't write the thing. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah it's, it's true. We didn't have to love him. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing. So, so I, I did like the use of lazy Susans. I have to, I have to say that I, I appreciated the use of lazy Susans and the fact that I could see them half the time. Yeah, no, it was genius. <laughs> we used them for all the plants and the, you know, the whatever books, whatever, whatever could spin. We put a lazy Susan under it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what was your role on the on the Hollywood Dog? You were doing special effects, right? 
Yeah, Mick, you know, Mick designed it, and at that time, you know, uh, he called me in, and I had just started basically uh, doing effects. I'd done Freddy's Nightmares with him um, for a season, and then I think uh, we had actually done one of the Nightmare on Elm Streets also, Mick, at that, before that, just before that, and then and then he got Hollywood Dog in. Uh, oh, you're breaking up there. That. I, you know, I was, I was still young. Um, on that, but yeah, Mick was you know Mick was doing two three jobs at a time for New Line, and this was just another one of them. So we were just on a treadmill of working. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, we were. <laughs> I I worked a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, did you remember that meeting? Yeah, the the main Andre? production meeting. Andre. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Do you remember with the model, with the model and all that? <laughs> yeah. Now why yeah. did you crush it? Yeah. <laughs> it's because there was there the the questions were coming uh, constantly to me from from all those people in the room, and 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 I honestly figured that the only way that I was going to survive was if I just crushed the freaking model. And, and <laughs> it was pretty funny, though. <laughs> I, hey, man, I, I just remember, you some... know, I forget where it was or how it happened, but, you know, Shannon Tweed did a cameo in that, and I ran in her in the office or shooting her or something, man. And I was like, you know, I was like 25 years old, and I knew who, you know, obviously Shannon Tweed was, and I was like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> So, you might want so, to ask her uh, why she did that also. Yeah. Well, you know, there's there, there's a lot of uh, people that you would have to ask about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so you worked with me on that, and then you also worked with me on, um, on like, The Hidden and on Critters 2. Um, yeah. Any great yep. – and, and I remember you were saying that uh, Hollywood Dog had one of your favorite stories. Well, a couple things happened on Hollywood Dog for me. One of them was I got my SAG card because you're, when you're, when when that convertible does that U-turn in front of the Bahama Lounge Hotel. Oh right, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. When the dog is driving uh, that you know the, the character I forget his name, the guitar player to his hotel, and they flip that Huey. I was the passenger in the car. I was doubling that that guy. Right. Um, so I actually got my SAG card uh, for that uh, on that, and uh, so that wow. was pretty cool. And then we did a great job. So you got the stunt yeah, day, right? Job. Yep, got a stunt day for that. And, you know, back then, hell, that was pretty good pay. It was like probably six hundred dollars, you know, to be for a day rate. In, yeah, you know, my 30 God, years ago. Yeah. <laughs> But the stunt, I remember the stunt guy's name was uh, uh, Dennis Dangerous. Okay? <laughs> and this guy had to, we flew down the street and he was ducked way down so we couldn't see him. So it looked like nobody was driving the car. And then he had to flip this Yui and we're in a convertible, you know? And if, if he, he can't see anything, I'm telling him, I go, now. And he cranks the wheel, hits the brakes, or whatever he does. And we do this complete 180 in front of the hotel. 
we had to do it like three times. And I was just scared to hell that I was going to get thrown out of the vehicle, to be honest. <laughs> God. I mean, I was like, what have I got myself into here? Wait, Dennis Dangerous didn't seem to be up to the task? <laughs> well, he did it three times. I didn't get ejected from the vehicle, so. Yeah, there you go. And then I decided, you know what? I think I'm just going to keep in the special effects world. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that. Because I can see how that could go horribly, horribly wrong uh, for somebody. And, uh, yeah, so I, I put an end to that uh, world and, and stayed with effects. No doubt about right it. There, right then. And right yeah. Why does your phone keep breaking up? Is that mine? You think? I I think it is. Uh, I don't think it's Skype. It, it, I'm hearing you guys pretty good. Just blame it on Skype. We're, we're gonna blame. We'll blame it on Skype. <laughs> uh, so uh, so we did Hollywood Dog together uh, and. Uh, wasn't that right at the same time as Freddy's Nightmares, or am I wrong? Right at the same time as what? Yep. As what? Freddy's Nightmares, like around the same yeah. year or so? Was yeah, it? Hollywood oh, Dog, yeah. yeah, Hollywood Dog came out, of, I think it was shown on TV in 1990, and uh, Freddy's Nightmares was 1988 and 1989, finishing in 1990. So, Mick, I think it was just right after the second season of Freddy's Nightmares, or maybe between... The two seasons, maybe after season one, I think we did Hollywood Dog. Did you do the second season of, of uh, Freddy's Nightmares? I did. Yes. Nightmares. Uh, okay, yeah. I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't. I remember I, that. I, yeah, I was, Greg Melton I, did it, I believe. Yeah, yeah. He and I would switch jobs all the time in town. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. No, really, we would. We would. We we were like on the same track for some reason. <laughs> no, I so, remember that. Yep, I remember him. Yeah. So, um, so you got the job of doing special effects right at the end of Nightmare on Four. How did that happen? At the end of Hello? Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Can you hear me? Go ahead. Gotcha. If if we uh, if we break up again, I don't know if you're recording this, but I guess I could go to my home phone if, if that's possible. Hey, let's can we do that? Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, do, let's it. do it because the breaking right, up so, is hard. Breaking up is hard okay. to do. Come on, come on, now, do down, 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 and there he is. This is much better. So, to answer your question, Mick, what, what it was is, um, you know, I met Mick in 1986 when I first moved out to Hollywood and started uh, quite rapidly with him as a carpenter, actually in the art department uh, with his sister. And then I moved over to Mick on the next show and started as a, a, a car apprentice carpenter and then worked my up to a carpenter and then a lead carpenter and then a foreman. And by the time we got to Freddy's Nightmares, um, the first season, <clears throat> at the beginning of the first season, he hired myself uh, and another person to co-coordinate the uh, construction coordination of the show. That was Blakey St. John. Make if you remember, you hired us both to do it. I remember Blake. <laughs> yeah. 
And so, uh, you know, I'm all gung-ho. You know, I've been in town for a year and a half, and all of a sudden I'm coordinating, you know, the construction of, of Freddy's Nightmares. Uh, Robert England and, and uh, the Freddy franchise was huge, and it was popular, and, and I was just gung-ho. So one day, even before the series started, I'm, I'm, uh, I have to go talk to Mick about something. And so I go by his office. His door is open. It's always open. He's on the phone. And I'm leaning against the doorway. I'm just waiting for him to get off the phone. And he then takes the phone, and he holds it to his chest, and he looks up to me, and he goes, do you know anybody that can do special effects for the show? And I'm, I kind of think, and I just, go, I just look at him and go, I'll do it. And he puts the phone, by the receiver back up to his mouth, he goes, okay, I got that department covered. And, <laughs> wow. And that's how I became a special effects coordinator. I went from a construction coordinator to a special effects coordinator in about three seconds. With, oh, that's amazing. With absolutely no experience, no understanding, no nothing of it. And, and the primary series was just loaded with effects. There was smoke Great. and fire and blood squirt and amputation and makeup effects and, and pneumatic effects and hydraulic effects and pyro and it was just fucking crazy. So we hired, I hired two of my friends who were, you know, uh, as young as I was, but somehow with Mick and us, we would read the script, we would break it down and it just, each episode, it just became more and more intuitive just somehow, it just was, I mean, I, I can't even imagine my life if I would have never stood in that doorway at that moment. Because it completely wow. changed the course of my life. Forever. That's amazing. It's amazing. And for him to it is. give me the shot to do it. And I went on, and I've never looked back. I've coordinated now for 32 years all over the world. And you can look at my resume on Internet Movie Database, and you'll see it. And it all started from that just one moment talk about you know wow. opening doors and and people giving you a chance that that certainly was mine so and, that and was just and for me it's and hope again <laughs> yeah exactly because uh, i'm starting to work on produce i'm starting to work on producing and my friend uh andre here has uh got a script that we're that we're uh trying to push through so that that's cool. It would be it would be the ultimate uh, to to be there with my friend uh, and, and uh, once again uh, be on set together. And, and yeah, it would really be full circle in both our lives and careers yeah. and friendship to uh, to make this movie together. Uh, of course, it's a you know a horror film. We'll, we'll get into that on another conversation, but we're both excited about it, and hopefully that happens. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. Well, one thing I learned from Mick is to always say yes to everything. So if anybody were to approach me about this project, wink, <laughs> wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. Uh, <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, that's actually a good lesson. You, you say yes and figure it out later, right? Man, I think we both, Mick certainly did it. Mick didn't turn anything down. He always got the job done. And, you know, when you're young and you have nothing, to, I mean, I was younger than him at the time, but I saw that he would just go in unabated into every single situation. And a lot of these were extremely difficult you know, not Situation. just construction, <laughs> just theory right. of filmmaking and how to get something done in camera. And, uh, and man, let me tell you, we worked some long days. Yeah, we really and it was all, you know, I mean, you're, 
hey, listen, I slept on the set in the alley, uh, you know, all these nightmare <laughs> sets on bloody mattresses many nights. Wow. You have no idea how many times. <laughs> I always tell the story about waking up one time uh, in the uh, in that uh, Freddy's hallway alley that we did for. Yeah, because you could no, not the hallway, the the alleyway. Remember? Yeah, we, the alleyway on that, uh, on. Right, that Terran dies in right, you know, and we had that over in the corner, and yep. uh, we had it completely closed off so that nobody could go in there. Only, only I knew that we knew that you could get in by crawling underneath one of the. <laughs> we just used a, a a piece of dubatine underneath one of the pieces to crawl in and out of it. And uh, the thing is, is nobody could bug you in there. And I had it all set up. And uh, I remember one time uh, waking up in there on in the gutter <laughs> that we had built with the newspapers. And everything, like, going, holy shit, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hours were tremendous, but, you know, there was something about just being that young and having an opportunity to, to work on those films. You were, you know, you were in it. You were, you were in the moment, and you were part of the creative force that was making these hugely successful uh, independent horror movies. So it was, it was awesome. You know, I, I wouldn't trade those days for anything ever. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And you know what? Other people want to hear about them too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing how it's, it's still people are talking about those movies and, and those shows and still obsessed with them. Well, I yeah. have to say, I have to say that this I don't know if you've ever gone back to see Nightmare on Elm Street three or Nightmare on Elm Street four, but honest to God, the two films hold up so well. Yeah, they're the best ones of the franchise, I think, personally. I like number three a lot. That's yeah, three was, three was amazing. I was a carpenter for Mick on and, that. Well, well done on that one. That was my very <laughs> yeah. film, actually. Well, oh, wow. It, now, weren't you one of the guys that was working on the, uh, weren't you one of the moles? Uh, well, I, I just, I worked on a lot of things on that. I'm not sure, um, I think I worked on almost every set, the Roach, I'm getting them all mixed up because we did. I did. I did three of them. Right. The the uh, in particular, the, the we always had the. You could sit. It, you could watch on the platform. You could watch them pulling the uh, aluminum back and tying it off, but you couldn't see them in front. So we always called told them called them the moles. Oh, in front of hell. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was amazing. So anyway, it was uh, uh, right across from the jail, right? It was. Right it was a weekend for drug offenses, and I remember that uh, that there was like this uh, cart that would sit out, you know, taco cart would sit out by the parking lot, and um, I'd be in the the taco cart in the morning on Monday morning uh, at like six o'clock in the morning, and the grips would come out of the jail. <laughs> cross the street and, uh, go right, and go right into the set. <laughs> so, you know, I had, I had worked a little bit, you know, when I first started as a PA and then I met Mick and his sister and I worked in the art department and then I started working construction and I came in, uh, Nightmare on Street 3 uh, was already, uh, they were already building the sets. Mick was already on it because I think Mick, I was working for your sister 
And then we finished, and then, uh, you know, I came right over to you, and that's where I made a transition from the art department to construction. And I will never, ever forget walking in that stage, and my mouth just dropped. It was the first time I had been on a huge movie set in, in while they're building it, and these huge, elaborate sets and construction, and a hundred guys working, and... <laughs> literally will never forget standing when I in the doorway when I entered that building and my mouth just because I had wanted to make films by you know I went to film school and I this is what I want to do and to walk in there and have this whole dream world functioning in front of me you know like a sewing machine was it just blew me away it's an image I'll never ever ever forget and then wow. again yeah. then I just and then it was I just worked for Mick for years and years and years after that, uh, nonstop. It was it was an amazing. So then you went on and, hey. and and you worked on TV for a long time too, right? Yeah, he's still working on TV, right? Yeah, I just well, I finished. You know, I did. It was I was very fortunate because I would go from TV series uh, to features. So I would do a series for a year, and then all of a sudden I'd do this little feature, and then. I'd do a series for two years, and then I'd do another feature. So, you know, I was very fortunate that my, uh, you know, that my resume had kind of crossed these two, because sometimes it's hard once you're in the feature world to get into television. I don't think it was hard as back then, because uh, I don't know why, but I was able to, to cross those boundaries a lot. And, yeah, because I was on Coral Mines for 15 years, I have not done a feature in 15 years, but I'd certainly... Wow. <laughs> wouldn't turn one down uh, at this point. That's that's for sure. Hey, but TV's great. You know, as you get older, TV's great because you know you know you work in eight months, and then you get. For me, I I would take the three months off, and you know, not counting Christmas and all that stuff. So, well, you know, I, I'm freelance again, just like I was. You know, back in the day, I'm you know I'm I'm a private contractor basically. Uh, you know, uh, doing pilots and looking for for that next show that will carry me a couple years. Uh, so uh, that's kind of exciting too. You know, change is good. I had a great run on Chrome Mines, but um, you know that's over and uh, it's time to look forward. And boy, have the times changed! Ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. You know, in the 15 years that you were in that, everything changed. <laughs> I, I was basically in this glo this snow globe of criminal minds. You know, and. I, I, you know, I, I, I bust out of the snow globe, you know, last June, and I don't know any producers uh, outside that show, any directors outside. I don't know anybody again. It's like I'm walking into the Nightmare on Elm Street three states for the first time again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> years. That's a long time. Yeah, man, it is a long time. It's that's an eternity in the film business, you know. In and 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 I might add that. It's an interesting 15 years. I mean, but, oh my like, God. I, I mean, uh, really changed. Uh, they were still doing, you know, maybe half and half when you started digital, and now right. it's gone. Yeah. Now film is gone. Oh, yeah. Film is. Uh, yeah, I know I've heard of a couple shows, maybe, a, you know, they still make film. <laughs> Yeah. It's hard to believe what they do with all those beautiful Panavision cameras. I mean, where are they? There oh, was hundreds, yeah. hundreds yes, of them. 
you know, they were based on that original Mitchell camera that they used, uh, the 35 millimeters that they used in World War II, and they were based on those, and 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 our hand machined. I, I mean, they they were hand machined, uh, beautiful instruments. Yeah, they were precision machines. I oh. mean, there's no like the Nagra, the the sound, you know, the oh, sound. Right. Right, the, the Nagras were a beautiful uh, sound machine, and right, so were the Panavision, the other yeah. cameras. I haven't seen a Nagra or a Panavision, yeah, you know, in, in a dozen years. Uh, yeah, but so it's, and, and the I went back to I graduated from Montana State University Film School, and I went back to lecture last year. And when I walked in the lobby, Mick, I think I told you this. When I walked in the, when I was in school, when you walked in the lobby, they had that big ass camera, you know, from the fifties, and right. <laughs> you know the big lights they had in the lobby, you know, so it was right, really right. antique. And there, all the kids were like, oh my god, they were such cavemen working with that stuff. And I swear <laughs> to God, when I walked in there a couple of years ago, they had like a flatbed which I used, and they had the Nagra there and all this. Used. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so now they're looking back at you as the caveman. Yeah. Oh yeah! Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! <laughs> it felt good, you know, to, to lecture these kids, and because uh, they had they had as big as eyes as I did when we had our guest speakers, and uh, yeah. it was really oh, really no, good. Absolutely. <laughs> I know well, we're going uh, off course. It's this is bound to happen. Oh yeah, no, no. no absolutely, this is great. Absolutely, this is the, the, this is what we're here about. So, uh, I you did come up. Now, didn't you come up and help me uh, build Critters Two? Yes, the uh, town. Yes, uh, Critters Critters Two was amazing. Yes, I came up and uh, we you know we built Grower's Bend, which was the name of the town, right? Right, and it was uh, man, right. Mick. That was that was an amazing build. That listen, I saw that today. I watched that movie, man, and and that town looks great. I mean, it it does, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, for you feel that you're in a really small town. You got to realize again that was <laughs> that was built, you know, thirty two years ago. I think Critters too. I think we were building that town in nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, I think wow. yeah we were yeah. and 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 uh, and because and, it got released, I think in '88. So I remember, was, yeah. So we that was up in Valencia on a, like a hilltop, right? Yes. And so, so here's another. So now that's when I was truly a carpenter. So these are the these are this is when I just moved over from working with uh, you know Mick's sister CJ in the art department then. Then I knew, you know, construction and some of the bigger, bigger stuff was more my style. Yeah, construction. Construction, yeah. Right. And uh, so, and, you know, I, I guess it took like eight weeks or something to build that town, maybe six weeks. So I come in and uh, for Mick and like, you know, the first first couple of weeks on the, uh, I'll never forget this either. First couple of weeks on the, uh, you know, I'm still a construction, I'm still a carpenter's assisting, I'm still learning my trade. And by week four, I'm, uh, you know, I moved up to a, a carpenter. Week seven, I'm the gang boss. Week eight, I'm the foreman. It's like Mick just kept <laughs> <up>. <laughs> <laughs> I 
He's just coming up every couple of weeks and giving me a raise and then boosting my my uh, my title. And I was just, it was just so amazing. But it was, it all just came so natural to me. And I, I just love leading crews and and uh, having projects like that. I'm certainly a, a team player and. And uh, that town, it just it just became amazing. It was really fun to work on. And I remember we used to, God, one weekend, because we worked seven days a week on that. We worked through a rainstorm yeah, one we weekend, man. Week. Oh, oh, yeah, seven days a week, 18 hours a day, uh, nonstop, nonstop. But it wow. looked great. So. Yeah, it, it really did. I, uh, I remember one time uh, sitting with Ella, and we <laughs> – Ella, Ella just said – I, I can't handle this anymore. And she went and she she sat in the middle of that field that was to the, I think it was to the west of it, right? And she was yep. sitting in the middle of that field. And I, I thought, oh, I go over and join her. I, I go over, I sit down, and we're just sitting there. And she goes, God, this is so much. Well, she's done so much. I am so tired. And and the wind was really whipping through there. And and we, <laughs> we both looked over to the church. Right and yeah. the bell. Remember the fiberglass bell that was up in the church? It yep. broke. It broke free. <laughs> it broke free and it went sideways. <laughs> and we just watched it with our eyes. Just watched it go. Uh, and it literally never landed. We we have no idea. It just kept going and we were like, okay, well, <laughs> I guess it's time to go back to work because we got to put the bell back up. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, um, I have to mention that we had Jordan Downey, who's a kind of up-and-coming director. He did Thanks Killing. Yes. <laughs> but he's done some really good movies since then. Uh, he's actually come a long way since Thanks Killing, I have to tell you that. But he actually told the story about how Critters 2 was such an important movie for him growing up as a kid, which it was for me too. Um, but he actually said that he was he thought the town was a real town. <laughs> So he kept trying to research it, and he sent his dad, who was like a salesperson at the time, to try to find the town because he was going to Kansas. <laughs> so you guys did a great job building the town. Well, you know, you know why he may have thought that also, which I didn't realize until I saw the movie again today. At the end of the movie, right? They they do a title and they say we want to thank the people of Grover's Bend for letting us. Right. This wouldn't this this movie wouldn't be possible without the. Without the people of Grover's Bend allowing us to, you know, film here or whatever. And then they so, listed us. And they listed us. It was us. a nice shot of the town. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can imagine why a kid would think, no, no, Dad, it's real. It's real. Yeah, and they so gave make that. <laughs> My favorite story that Mick told me was how they built, the, how you guys built the church. Do you remember when we were putting the windows in the face of the church? And we had that huge window, and we swung it on the uh, on that really old um, uh, scissors. Or, uh, oh yeah, the the no the um, condor, right? And we were that swinging condor, that yeah. window, <laughs> and I and I remember, yeah, and and I remember that uh, I don't know if it was you and me. I I can never tell who it was, but that condor had a, a really bad lash on in it, right? Yeah, and and with the lash. Oh, yeah. we, approached it and it just kept on going and it it set the window <laughs> we set the window and then splashed through it and landed in the middle of the church you know we used to get some really high winds yeah. out there and i remember once 
I yeah, mean, it was probably 70-mile-an-hour winds. <laughs> and all the fake brick, you know, it came in four-by-eight sheets of uh, a fiberglass brick that we put on the side of that one building, which was huge. And it all blew off. It got skin like a like a fish. It just peeled <laughs> right off, and we never saw it again, just like the bell. And we had to order all this new brick and put it all up again. <laughs> Wow. There was just a skeleton of a building there, literally. Yeah, yeah. Because we just put it in with staple guns, you know, pneumatic staple guns. Right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they would shoot. They they would shoot at the rat in the morning, uh, and it would run along the. It would run along the top of the uh, the. The building had a brick wall in it, and then there was wood on top of the brick, right? And yep. and the brick wall was at about four feet. And, and you motherfuckers, my office, my desk was like over in the corner, right? And I would be, yeah. sitting, I'd be sitting at my desk in the morning, and these motherfuckers would start shooting at the We'd rat. We'd be shooting nails down. you shoot nails at the rat. <laughs> rat was towards me. And finally, one time, I just had a hammer on my desk, and I just picked the hammer up, and I reached back, and I smashed the rat. I said, there, you guys, stop freaking shooting at me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 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 You know, it was fun. I got to tell you, it was really fun to look at the credits today. I, I, I couldn't slow them down enough on the on the screen, so I went to IMDb and I looked up the credits on Critters Two, and just to go over all the names of all the guys and people that worked, you know, with us, Mick, and you know, the carpenters and the painters yeah, yeah, and just the, everybody that built that town. I hadn't seen some of those names in thirty years. Some of the guys. Um, you know, I, I had seen since then, but I, it was so long ago, I didn't realize I worked with him. So I can't wait to see him again and say, hey, man, we worked together 33 years ago on this, <laughs> on Critters too. So that'll be kind of fun. But it was it was fun to, to see those names again because we were so close and so tight and and so energetic to, to, to work on that movie. And and uh, it was really, it was uh, cool to, to actually see that again today and look at the credits. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Great. Okay, well, uh, you think this has been long enough, my friend? Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, you know, I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, and I, I, I'm just here to enjoy the stories and listen to you guys. So <laughs> it's I found it very inspiring myself because uh, I grew up loving those movies that you're talking about. So Andre, it's, it's so good to just uh, talk about history, you know? Yeah, always a pleasure, Mick. We have, you know, we could uh, just go on for days, and, and hopefully we will. Hopefully we can talk more about you know other things we've done together in the future and just continue this kind of dialogue could be fun we'll do it buddy okay man thanks a lot and that's enough for this time and uh and thanks th thanks once again for uh for coming by yeah thanks a lot thank you guys okay all right man have a good one bye. okay bye-bye Thanks for joining us on the Dream Warrior Review Podcast. Don't forget to tell your friends about us, follow us, and, of course, like us. We can be found on Podbean, which is an amazing app, YouTube, Stitcher, Alexa on any pod, iTunes, Google Play. We're on Twitter as well, at DW Review, and, of course, Facebook. You can find us there. You can also email us at dreamwarriorreview at gmail.com.